For over a decade, LifePoint Church has been serious about our call to help people connect with God. That mission has kept us focused and helped us to effectively share the message of Christ. Thousands of lives have been changed, marriages have been healed, addictions have been broken, and people have found hope, freedom, and forgiveness through Jesus. As we look to the past, amazed at what God has done, we look expectantly to our future, believing that God has far more to do in us and through us as a people, as a church, and with our future. We are unfinished. Welcome this morning. Thanks for being here for the closing day of the fair. I appreciate you showing up today <laughs> to jump into this next part of a series we're calling Unfinished. You just saw a little video about it. Unfinished is all about not just the six weeks that we're talking about what it means for us as a church and for individuals. It's also about the next two years, the journey our church is going to be on as we seek to connect more people with God. So if you have not yet received one of these, uh, raise your hand. The ushers are coming down with those right now. Just raise your hand. They will give you one. Cheers to keep. Just hang on to it. It's got everything you need to know about unfinished and also some next steps that you can take. So for today, just turn to page 34 without going through the temptation of thumbing through the book uh, while I talk. I'm going to be talking a little bit about uh, our next steps when it comes to being a people who declare before God that we're unfinished. Now, all of this comes from a section of scripture written by the Apostle Paul, who was a church planter, and he wrote letters back to these early churches that he helped start. And that's how we get many of the books in the New Testament. And so he's writing back to these followers of Christ, and he says these words in the book of Philippians chapter 1. And I'm certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. What he is acknowledging and asking us to acknowledge is that God is not finished with us, is that there's always more we can do. There's always more knowledge of what it means to be a follower of Christ. There's always more growth that can take place in each of our lives. And so as we've talked about, there's more to do for us as a church. We've talked about this big two-year vision, this mission that we're on. And we've also talked about how we're going to fund that mission because it costs money to do the things that we believe God is calling us to do. But more than that, it calls us to become a more generous people. God is calling each of us to be a more generous person. And so we divided this into three different categories as we go over the next few years. The first one is that we just declare we're unfinished people, unfinished in what we are currently doing. And all the things that are under the category of unfinished people are our general budget, which is not general, but it's a lot of things that we do. This, what you see here, uh, what your kids are experiencing, the wins you just heard our youth pastor share. Uh, that's our unfinished people section, and that has a dollar amount attached to it that you can find online or you can find in that notebook that we just handed out. 
We also declare that we're an unfinished church. And what we mean by that is we're going to take each of our current locations to the next level to be a bridge, not just individually where we live, work, play, and go to school, but also by the facilities that we have to serve our communities with. And then we're also serious about an unfinished future. And through that, we're going to plant more churches like you saw If you were here early in the service, Movement Church, getting started today, a church that we helped, and we helped train the church planter, and he's there in Nightdale today starting his very first service. We helped make that happen. We'll help plant more churches globally. Through our unfinished future, we're also going to help connect families who have this burning desire and this calling to grow their family through adoption, and the funds needed to do that, we're going to connect those two together through the LifePoint Adoption Fund. And while all of those are amazing goals that I think God's going to use to help us connect more people with him, here's the primary goal. The primary goal is that we have 100% engagement, and that means 100% of the people who call LifePoint their church home will engage in this process and be a part of declaring before God that we're unfinished. And then watching what God does with that as each of us, even if you don't even come to our church and you're just visiting, what if you just, wherever you are, wherever you live, if you just said, I'm unfinished, God, use me, use me as I'm figuring out and learning what it means to be unfinished. So every week of this series, we're looking at a new character in the Bible and we're looking at their life and how God worked in their life and relating that to our unfinished story. And today we're looking at a guy who struggled with his faith, who made some big mistakes, who came back to God and said he was sorry and repented and started over again, then made mistakes again, then found himself far from God, then close to God, and struggled internally with feeling like he was forgiven, with feeling like he really could start over, a lot like many of us. His name is David. David was the king of Israel. But before we talk about David, I want to ask you a question. Here's the question. How do you feel about the word sacrifice? Well, I feel you're going to be talking about money now, right? Is that how you feel? Just stick with me for a moment, okay? Because we're not just trying to talk about money. This is not a money series that we're talking about. This is about how we can declare in our lives that we are unfinished and accomplish a vision. Jesus talked more about money than he talked about heaven or hell. You know why? Because he knew the tension money would cause. He knew how it would build up walls. And if I were to say, we've got this big vision, we're going to pray about it. I want everybody, 100% to pray. Everybody go, I'm in. I'll pray. I'm in. But when you bring up money, it's like, I'm not really sure. I'm not positive. Prayer, I'm with you. Money, I'm not sure. Let's talk about something more spiritual. Well, Jesus thought money was a very spiritual thing that stood in the way of people fully giving themselves to God, and so he talked about it a lot. And so we're going to talk about it today as it relates to sacrifice. Here's what sacrifice is. This is a textbook definition. Sacrifice is giving up something important or valued for the sake of other considerations. Now, I thought about, as I was putting this message together, what are some things that I've done in my life that demonstrate sacrifice? Because as a leader, I can't ask you to do something I'm not willing to do. 
As a leader, I can't ask you to go somewhere I'm not willing to go. So when we're talking about sacrifice and generosity, I will jump first. I will go in first and say, come on, let's go. And I'll lead the way. And I was thinking about, well, what's some things in my life in the past that I could think of where my life's demonstrated sacrifice? And it goes back a few years, Cinda and I were living in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and I was doing college ministry, and I was helping students find Jesus while they went through their college years, loved it. And this was before we made the decision to move to North Carolina. I got to know this young man from Honduras who needed rides to Bible studies, needed rides to church, and he was a part of a bunch of Honduran students who came to our ministry. And as we got ready to make a move, to move here to Raleigh, I realized something. Fernando didn't have a car. And I had two cars and a new baby and a two-year-old. And though it was very difficult, we gave him one of our cars. It was a Honda Civic hatchback wagon. It, was, it, was, it ran. And I remember sitting at our dining room table telling telling him and his sister, we're going to give you this car. They didn't know what sacrifice that was for us to do because it meant that I either had to deal with one car or buy another car. But we did it anyway. That's what sacrifice is. I valued this young man having rides to Bible study and church more than I valued us having two cars. And so I was willing, we were willing to sacrifice. That's what it looks like to sacrifice. See, sacrifice is a word that it evokes a lot of emotions. Soldiers sacrifice for our country so we can be free, and we respect that. Stories of one person sacrificing for the sake of others are very inspiring stories to us. And the story of David is about sacrifice. See, David was the king of Israel, and David had made a lot of mistakes. And because he was a leader, his mistakes caused the people in his country to suffer. And when David sees his country suffering because of the mistakes that he's made, he begins to ask the Lord, God, could you not send these plagues upon the country any longer? And we're going to pick up that story in 2 Samuel 24, beginning at verse 18, where it says, that day Gad, that's not a typo, it's not supposed to say God, Gad was a prophet who worked for the king and he would interpret God's word for the king. So that day Gad came to David and said to him, go up and build an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Arunah the Jebusite. So David went up to do what the Lord had commanded him. When Arunah saw the king and his men coming toward him, he came and bowed before the king with his face to the ground. Why have you come, my lord, the king? Arunah asked. David replied, I've come to buy your threshing floor and to build an altar there to the Lord so that he will stop the plague. Take it, my lord, the king, and use it as you wish. Aruna said to David, here are oxen for the burnt offering. So you can use the threshing boards and ox yokes to build wood for a fire on the altar. I will give it all to you, your majesty. And may the Lord your God accept your sacrifice. But the king replied to Aruna, no, I insist on buying it. For I will not present burnt offerings to the Lord that have cost me nothing. 
So David paid him 50 pieces of silver for the threshing floor and the oxen. David built an altar there to the Lord and sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings. And the Lord answered his prayer for the land and the plague on Israel was stopped. So David knew, I need to present a sacrifice to the Lord. And God told him to sacrifice on the altar on this threshing floor of a guy named Aruna. Now, a threshing floor was, for them, it was just a place where they processed the wheat, where they would either beat it or beat it with sticks or animals would walk over it uh, so they could separate the wheat and the chaff so they could make, grind the wheat to make flour. Coincidentally, or not coincidentally, this is on Mount Moriah, which is the same mountain that Abraham, who we talked about last week, obeyed and trusted God. And so, the word comes to David that he needs to make a sacrifice. Now, sacrifice was deeply connected to the Jewish religion. It was a way that they showed their sorrow, their repentance, their commitment, and desire to let God know that they trusted him. They would make a sacrifice. Typically, it would be from a choice animal from their herd. And they would bring that animal and they would sacrifice it on an altar to the Lord. And it would, in their minds serve as a symbol to take away their sin. Now, for us, we don't do that today because God sent Jesus to earth and he became the ultimate sacrifice for all mankind's sins. And so we don't have to sacrifice animals to show God our repentance. But in context, that's what they did in those times to show what was going on in their heart. Today, what we do is just trust in Jesus, obey him, and our sins are forgiven. But in this passage, we learn a lot about what true sacrifice really is, what it really looks like. See, the owner of this land, Aruna, said to the king, I will give this to you. It's free. You can take it. Why would I take money from my king when you can just have it since you're going to make a sacrifice to the Lord? Listen what David says. No, I insist on buying it. For I will not present burnt offerings to the Lord, my God, that have cost me nothing. And so he pays for it. Because when you sacrifice, you're giving up something of value. And if you're not giving up something of value that costs you something, you're not sacrificing at all. So what does it mean for us that David refused to take the land for free? It means on our unfinished journey to be a more generous people, to allow God to show us where we're unfinished, we have to understand without sacrifice, there is no generosity. Here's a simple definition of sacrifice. It's giving up something you value for something you value more. Now, we have a distorted view of sacrifice. A few weeks ago, the iPhone 8, and even that real expensive one, the 10 came out, and you said, I'm just going to sacrifice and keep my seven. Like, I'm just going to endure. Uh, I'm going to somehow get through this, honey. We will make it through this through sacrifice, and we will make it, and we will come out victorious on the other end because we kept our seven, and we sacrificed. Now, that's what we think sacrifice is. You know, I'm going to eat. I'm only going to spend $25 eating out instead of $55 eating out. Now, that's a sacrifice. Or we're going to, you know, looking for a house, and it's like, we're going to get the quarter acre lot instead of the half acre lot. We're just going to sacrifice. I mean, so we get a distorted view of what sacrifice really is. But we sacrifice all the time. If you're involved in a sport or a hobby, 
somewhere along the line, you had to say, this is important enough for me, for me to give up this. Academically, if you really want to do well, you, you have to realize, I'm going to have to sacrifice maybe some social time, maybe some sleep hours that I should be getting, something I'm going to have to give up in order to get this thing which I value more, whether that's academics, hobby, sports that you're involved with, giving up one thing for something you value more. All of you who are married, when you took those vows, you gave up something. You gave up 100% freedom, like being able to make all decisions all on your own. You may have lived a lot of your life totally independent, but when you said, I want to get married, you gave up that independence to be interdependent with another person to where you shouldn't be making all your financial decisions alone or any of your financial decisions alone. You, you shouldn't be making future decisions alone. You're going to bring the other person on it because you've committed to spend the rest of your life with them. So at some point you valued being interdependent with someone more than you valued being alone and doing all that on your own. And so you said, let's get married. I think life will be better. Parents, at one point, if you're a parent, you decided you had too much sleep, too much room, your car was too clean, and you haven't been peed, puked, or pooped on enough, so you had a kid. And you said, we're going to have kids. And life's going to change because we value that pre-kid stuff less than we value having a child. And if you remember when you became a parent and that child, you saw that child and you finally got to hold it and it finally got old enough to wrap its arms back around you and hold you, you were like, there's nothing I would not give up for this. You were willing to make a sacrifice. Anybody who ever gets out of debt, if you've ever been in a lot of debt and you got out of debt, you know what it's like to sacrifice because the only way to do that is to sacrifice to where you have to say to yourself, I value being out of debt more than I value the things I purchase that get me in debt. And so when those values changed, you started to sacrifice. One day, someone who was very generous to our church came to me. And they said, Donnie, I want you to know that we have tithed, giving 10% of their income for many years. But he said, we don't even feel that. We've done that for so long, we don't even feel it. Like, we just, you know, don't miss it. It doesn't change anything about us. We just do it. It's mechanical. And he said, I want to give in a way that I feel it. And he handed me a check. And I was like, amen, that is awesome. But, but really, he did. He said, I want to give in a way that we feel it. I want to give in a way that feels like a sacrifice. It's giving up something for the sake of something I care about greater. This isn't about money because for each person in this room, sacrifice represents a different dollar amount. It's not about the dollar amount. It's about what am I willing to give up for the benefit of something else? What am I going to give up that I value for something that I value more? Because it's not about dollar amounts, this is why Jesus said that sacrifice, it starts in our hearts. It begins in here. Sacrifice doesn't start 
in your bank account, it starts in your heart. Here's what Jesus said. In the book of Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, he says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Jesus knew that our heart follows things that we value. So if I'm ever going to truly sacrifice, I have to pay attention to what I value. So David wanted to buy this threshing floor because he knew in his heart a true sacrifice really doesn't mean anything without the cost associated with it. It's wrestling through this tension of my comfort and what's best for those around me and what's best for the kingdom of God. So am I willing to give up some of my comfort to move the mission of the church, of God's church forward? That's a mark of maturity when people can give up some of their comfort for the sake of something else. Parents, when your kids reach that where they stop just thinking about themselves all the time and they start to think about others, isn't that a glorious day in your home? Isn't it amazing? Aren't you looking at them saying they are finally growing up? What's well, the same thing for us spiritually. When we get to the place where we're willing to give up something of ours for the sake of something else, something greater than us just having more stuff, we have reached a new level of maturity. Sacrifice causes us to be uncomfortable because we're giving up something. Some of you, I won't ask for a show of hands, but some of you were part of our church back in the movie theater days. Just today, just today, I went to uh, behind the Wakefield movie theater, one of the movie theaters we started in, and And I sat there and I I prayed because just like then when I prayed and God delivered, we're in this new season. So I was praying and I was remembering those days in the movie theater. I loved it. We were at the edge of of hitting the order on a bunch of shirts that said, my church smells like popcorn. And then join me on Sunday at LifePoint Church and have the two theaters names on the back. But we moved, we got this place and so everything changed. But I loved those days. Because I could look out and I could name people. Oh, I know that person. I know that person. I know that person. And, and I rarely would say, how long have you been here? Three years. You know, that rarely happened. And I would never usually introduce myself to somebody two or three times. It was really comfortable because I knew everybody. And it just felt like family and it felt so good. But then there was a point, and I remember where I as a leader had to make a decision Am I more interested in my comfort and liking this, or am I more interested in moving the mission of the church forward? And I chose the latter. I'm more interested in moving the mission of the church forward, and I may not know but 10 people, and that's okay, because it's not about me knowing everybody. It's about more and more people getting connected with God through the message of Christ, not about Donnie's comfort, and it's not about your comfort and what you like. And here we are again at a place where our church has momentum actually more than I've ever felt in our history. And the question comes up again, do we stop here or do we get more people connected with God? Do we do the hard work of saying we're unfinished and for us to move forward is going to mean we got to do new things and we've got to be more generous than we ever have before? Do we say that or do we say, you know, let's just kind of stay where we are? So when you look at the, in the New Testament, in the New Testament book of Acts, where the church began, 
The church went from about 12 people to 120 people. That's pretty good. And in one day, it went from 120 to 3,000. One day. Now, 120 people can all know each other. 3,000 cannot. It doesn't work that way. Even 120, you don't really, you're still connected with only 20 or 25, but you know, you can look out and see everybody and, and you know, kind of get your arms around it. 3,000, there's no way. And even though that church grew from 120 to 3,000 and then went on to say God added to their number every day, so who knows how far that number went over the next couple of years, probably to tens of thousands, there was never a time where the disciples, the, the ones that were leading the church said, whoa, 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 hold on. Now, 120 was okay, maybe 500 is about all we can handle. Let's just stop everybody else because we want to be comfortable. We want to be in this spot where we know everybody and it's comfortable and, and it just feels warm and cozy. Let's stay there. They never said that. They kept saying, let's go. Let's share with more people. Let's tell more people. And they grew and they continued to grow and make themselves uncomfortable and they embraced it. They didn't run from uncomfortableness. They embraced it. And when it comes to sacrifice in the place we're going as a church, some of you will have to embrace being uncomfortable and just say, that's okay, because where there's discomfort, there's growth. And every chance that I have to be uncomfortable is also a chance I have to grow, because you can't stay comfortable and grow. Those two things don't exist. If you've ever lost weight or buffed your body up, you were not comfortable doing that, I'm sure. But you did it, and it paid off, and you reached goals. And if we are ever going to move our mission forward, it's going to take 100% of us saying, God, make me uncomfortable. Give me the strength not to turn and run and not care about all the new people, but give me the strength. And those of you that are new, aren't you thankful that years ago, I didn't say, you know what? A couple hundred's enough. That's plenty. Those of you that have seen your kids get to know Jesus, those of you that have broken addictions and your marriage is better and you found something here that you wouldn't have found otherwise, aren't you thankful we didn't stop and say we're comfortable right now? So what I'm saying to everybody now in our church, let's be what people were for us. Let's just do that. Let's say, God, we're unfinished and we're going to be uncomfortable. We're going to sacrifice and we're going to move forward. What if 100% of us said that? I don't think we could build buildings large enough, but we'll worry about that when we get there. This card that we're asking everybody to fill out, it's not comfortable sometimes to do that because you have to think about where your priorities are as you start writing down numbers on this commitment card. It's uncomfortable to do that. It's uncomfortable for me to do that because I start writing down numbers and I start thinking of all the things that I'm not going to do because I'm going to do this. I start thinking about sacrifice. And every number that's going to be written down is going to represent sacrifice at different levels. No matter what the number is, what we're asking you to do is write down a number that you've taken before God. If you're married, you and your spouse discuss it. If you're single, you before God decide what's it going to be and what's sacrifice. And asking the question, am I giving in a way that costs me something? That's what David did. He refused to give in a way that didn't cost him anything. He gave in a way that said, I'm, I'm not going to give for free. I want to give in a way that costs me something. On the back of this uh, commitment card, there's a chart. And it's a bunch of numbers on there. And some of those numbers may look very small to you. And some you're probably thinking, okay, where are those people? <laughs> I want to I meet them. They're all here. Trust me. 
They're all here. But whatever number, don't worry about somebody else's number. Worry about your number. What number represents sacrifice for you? Maybe you're at such a difficult time in life with jobs or whatever. Maybe it doesn't go low enough for your number, and that's okay. You put down the number that represents sacrifice to you. Maybe you've been blessed so much and so great, and you've got so much stuff that your number's not even on the top. It's above that. Well, then put that number down that represents sacrifice to you. And that's what we're asking everybody to do. And we're going to have a really special night on October the 29th, a week from tonight. Down at May Mandy Concert Hall, you get an opportunity to do an advanced commitment. We're also going to do a public commitment for people who can't make that. But our advanced commitment night, I want everybody to be there. I want you to come be a part of a great time of worship together where all three of our locations are in one place worshiping God and asking him to move among us. I'm going to share a little bit about the vision and where we are at this point and where we're headed. And then we're going to come forward and we're going to make our commitments. We're going to fill out these cards and we're going to do it in such a way that costs us something and we're going to leave them there. And we're also going to be recording a live worship album of some original music and you can be there for that. And later you, when you listen back, you can say, hey, I'm on that. Listen, all we need you to do to sign up today is write ACN, Advanced Commitment Night, on the back of a Connect card. And if you already turned it in, that's okay. Grab another one, fill that out, and drop it in those boxes on the way out when you leave today, and then we'll be in touch. So in this story of David, he sacrificed that which cost him something. You know what happened? It goes on to say, and the plagues stopped. Now, giving sacrificially will not make God love you more. You it, don't get mixed up and think, well, if, God, if I give sacrificially, God's going to love me more. Or if I give sacrificially, then nothing bad's ever going to happen in my life again. That's not true. Don't believe it if somebody tells you that. I can promise you, as you give sacrificially, there will be blessings that come into your life. Maybe they're material, maybe they're not, but you will be blessed because you give in a sacrificial way. And maybe some of the things that are happening in your life right now are happening because you're valuing the wrong things. What if we started to live this idea of sacrifice? So I just want to encourage you, as you fill out this card for next Sunday night, and if you can't make that, November the 12th will be the day we do it in here. If you fill out, when you fill out this card, write down an amount that costs you something, that demonstrates value. An amount that truly means sacrifice for you. That's what it's going to be for me and Cinda. And I'm not going to ask you to do something I'm not willing to lead in first. You know what the early church did when they grew? They didn't tolerate growth. They weren't against growth. They celebrated it and said, yes, God is using us to reach more people. And they sacrificed for it. May God use each of us as we ask him to do his unfinished work in us as we prepare to make these commitments. Let's pray. God, sacrifice is a hard topic. It's hard for us to prioritize in a way that truly puts you first in our finances and in our giving. God, we want to celebrate the work you're doing among us and celebrate the momentum and 
God, even though it might be uncomfortable, we want to embrace what it means to grow, to reach more people, and to give in a way we never have before. God, together we declare that we're unfinished and we want you to do more work within us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.